Alongside Seth Goldberg, I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Wednesday edition of Orange Nation. We are brought to you, as always, by Dunn Tire. 315-437-7644 is the number if you'd like to get involved. A couple of guests lined up for you today. 1245, we're going to talk some baseball with the host of ESPN's Baseball Tonight, Carl Ravage, will be our guest at 1245. Lots to talk to, uh, lots to talk about, I guess, with uh, Carl Ravage. We've got Yankees-Indians, Game 5 tonight. The winner moves on to the ALCS. Uh, John Farrell out as manager of the Boston Red Sox. And, of course, Game 4 of the Cubs-Nationals tonight as well. Steven Strasburg wasn't going to start. Now he is going to start. He'll go up against Jake Arrieta for the Chicago Cubs. Then at 120, uh, so in hour number two, we'll have Joe Gorcho from WIS in Columbia, South Carolina. He's set to join us uh, to talk Syracuse Clemson. He covers the Clemson Tigers for WIS down there in Columbia, South Carolina. Plus your phone calls welcome at any time, 315-437-7644. But Seth, uh, you know, SU football on the table, baseball certainly on the table. Table. We start, I can't believe I'm saying this, but we start with USA Soccer. And last Friday, we thought it was a done deal that USA had survived their slow start to qualifying. They beat Panama 4 nothing. It looked like a done deal that the U.S. was going to go to the World Cup. They took the field last night, depending on you know which index you go by, with a 93 to 97 percent chance. Can I let our to advance in on to Russia? On yes, a, go on ahead. A little Seth. conversation here. Last night, we're, yesterday, we're talking you know, towards the end of the show, and uh, I say, oh, you're going to watch the, uh, the soccer game tonight. Not, this, by the way, before I realized, it is on a channel I don't get. Uh, but I said, oh, you're going to watch the soccer game tonight. And he's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. We'll be Trinidad. You would think. Oops. You would think. And, and this, was, this was the scenario, okay, that the U.S. had going into last night's game with Trinidad and Tobago. Don't lose. Don't lose. That first and foremost, simply put, right? You win <laughs> yeah. or you or you tie, and you automatically advance to Russia for the World Cup next year. The other ways to do this, and, and that was provided by the way that that Honduras didn't win by twelve goals or more against Mexico, and, and Panama <laughs> would have had to beat Costa Rica by seven goals or more in order so that for that wasn't to change. Happening. So that was not yeah. happening. Okay, just. For those teams to win, right? So even if the U.S. loses, which is what happened last night, Panama would have to beat Costa Rica. No chance that's going to happen, right? Honduras would have to beat Mexico. No chance that's going to happen. And, and, and it all happened. It was the perfect storm last night. The U.S. had an own goal, fell behind 1-0, then fell behind 2 nothing about 35 minutes into the game, uh, got one back early in the second half and, and hit the post a couple of times down the stretch. I don't know how much of the other games you saw, Seth, in terms of the highlights. Panama gets a goal where... A guy it kicks it actually, off the crossbar. Or, or, I'm sorry, yes. They had one that didn't actually go they in. They had one that didn't actually go in. Right, that was the Panama-Costa Rica game where the refs ruled that the ball crossed the line and, and it, it didn't Did happen. Replays show that it didn't even come close. So Panama gets a goal that they shouldn't have had. They win 2-1. to one. 
It was Honduras that had a shot that ricocheted off the crossbar, off the back of the goalie's head, <laughs> yes. and then into the goal. They beat Mexico three two. It was the it was the perfect storm. And now the but result I, is for the first time since nineteen eighty six, USA not going to the World Cup. Sure, but I I still like, and I know we could we could laugh about these absurd goals that that Panama and Honduras scored. But like, just don't lose, and you don't have to worry about ridiculous goals that they scored, and 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 a goal getting called on a ball that doesn't cross the line. Like, just don't lose to Trinidad and Tobago. Like, and you're fine. Uh, you know, the U.S. should be better than them, uh, and should be able to beat that team. You know, Trinidad's not a good soccer team uh, or a good soccer nation, and I'm not going to sit up here and pretend like I, you know, love soccer or care so much or you know whatever. But I like the World Cup. I enjoy watching the World Cup. Um, I, I like watching Team USA. I, I guess I'm not going to now. Uh, but you know what? It, it's a step back for USA soccer. And you know, even somebody who's not you know as in depth a soccer fan as there is, like I notice that, right? Like I know it's a step back to miss the World Cup for the first time in 30 years. I know it's a step back to miss the World Cup two cycles before you're going to get it. Right? Like, I know that can't be good. Uh, so, yeah, this is bad for USA soccer. I don't know how to fix it. I'm I'm not that kind of a... Uh, I, I don't have that kind of a soccer mind. But uh, you got to make some kind of changes here. And, you know, their coach was not the coach of the future. He was just there on an interim basis. Uh, but find the right guy. Because obviously, you know, Jurgen Klinsmann wasn't the guy. Obviously, Bruce Arena, who you replaced him with for the interim, was not the right guy. Find the right guy and, and let... Let's get this thing rolling in a, in a positive direction. I'm by no means a soccer expert either, Seth. And and when we're not an expert about something, we generally tend to relate it to something we do know. And so I, I look at what happened last night, and I look at the state of USA soccer, and I kind of compare it to SU football. Stay with me here. I feel like the last 10, 15, maybe even 20 years, kind of like the, the mid-'80s, through the 90s for the SU football program, building momentum, not as good as, you know, the Alabamas and the Florida States of the world, but going to bowl games, you know, winning nine, ten games in a season, ranked in the top 25 here and there. The U.S. was starting to 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 build in that direction, moving up in the world rankings. Again, not as good as Colombia and Argentina, sure. but, you know, they started... Well, but they were. I mean, they had gotten to top 10 after the last World Cup. Start, you know, like they were. Starting to... Be, well... They, they were weren't, they weren't as good as let, let's no, face it as the, the as the powers of the world but, sure, but starting but to FIFA move in that direction rank, as far as the FIFA rankings go and right. the points you and, know they had won football and you know w- yeah. was able to play Florida you know in a New Year's Day bowl when when Donovan McNabb was a senior so it, it to me it's it's much the same with how they how they kind of built in that direction and, and I liken what happened last night to the the Greg Robinson era you are now going to have four wasted years where you can't capitalize on that momentum. And now you need to wait, again, five years before the next World Cup rolls around, and and you hope that these next four or five years will be like the Doug Marone era, where you start to kind of build things back up. But, you know, you said step back, Seth. Then your coach leaves to go coach Brazil. <laughs> right. I, I don't know if that's going to happen. But, but you get my point, and I don't know if it's an app comparison or not, yeah. but it is what popped into my head in terms of, you know, how significant a step back is this? It, it does feel like, I mean, th- let's Face it, this was four slash five wasted years, much like the Greg Robinson era was. And now you have to wait five more years before the next World Cup rolls around. And and you lose a lot of that momentum that you gained, I would imagine. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you you lost out and you know who 
the the Pulisic, who's uh you know what considered to be potentially one of the great American soccer players ever, is now missing out on his first World Cup. And I saw you know online, okay, now he's gonna have to wait till he's twenty three to go play in the in the World Cup. And look, that's not that's not old by any means. But uh, in soccer years, when you're really only playing until you're 31, 32, uh, it's old, you know. And and so it's it's interesting to see how that'll play itself out. And you know, you have so much, you know, young talent, him, uh, Christian Pulisic included. Uh, it's interesting to see where this thing goes next. Like, how do you fix that? And uh, I, I don't know. There are smarter people out there who know these kinds of things. Uh, I found it. Entertaining to see heads exploding on on Sports Center and on Twitter last night, uh, just because I, I guess I don't grasp the full scope of of what this means. Like I get that it's a step back. I get that you're not going to the World Cup, and that stinks and that's terrible for U.S. soccer. Uh, but I don't think I understand the full scope. Wouldn't of this be what kind of like? Up. Wouldn't this be kind of like USA basketball? With all the NBA players going to the Olympics and not winning the gold medal. Well, and it, what happened after Athens? Right. You blew changed. the whole thing yeah, up you and you changed thing, it all and, up. And, and you changed it. And I found it interesting that Bruce Arena, the head coach of, of USA Soccer, the interim coach, as you pointed out, saying last night after the, the match and after the loss and after it was determined they're not going to the World Cup, he said, nothing needs to change. We need to stay the course. And no. I, I, I don't know how you can you <laughs> no. know say that with a straight face, you know, given... What happened? The fact that, that this is a major step back for USA soccer. Uh, you said you don't know what the answers are, and, and you talked about heads exploding, so that's a, a good segue. One of those heads exploding uh, was Taylor Twelman on SportsCenter last night. He's a, a former member of the uh, USA men's uh, national team. Uh, he was asked what needs to change, and this was Taylor Twelman's response. Everything from top to bottom. I, I said it a little bit earlier that it, it's a pay-to-play sport. Mm-hmm. On, on average, American kids are play, paying 2500 to 3500 a year, Bucci, to play elite soccer. That, that's not, no. That's not what the rest of the world is doing. Mm-hmm. If you don't change after this, then what's the point? Right. I said this earlier on SportsCenter. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, knowing the result. You have to change things. You're and talking you, a federation, you're talking academies, you're talking... Everything. Right. From top to bottom, that discussion has to be had. It's not going to happen overnight, but Bucci, you have to have that discussion. Again, Taylor Twelman, uh, former USA soccer player, uh, on SportsCenter last night saying it, it's it's got to change from top to bottom. That wasn't the, his big response. He had though. calmed down. He had by calmed that down. Point. That yes, that was uh, that Taylor was Twelman. That was yes, he was he was calm at that point. Uh, this was his initial reaction to the loss. It went on for several minutes. We, Five minutes. We took just kind of a snippet of it to give you, uh, in case you didn't see it. This is uh, just a portion of what Taylor Twelman had to say, and uh, I think. I think it's it's safe to say he was uh, he was not happy with the loss. It's not about tonight. It's not about Jurgen Klinsmann. It's not just about Bruce Arena. As a whole, U.S. soccer is not prepared. They have not done a good enough job of getting this group ready to play. And keep in mind, the last two Olympics, no United States. Those players that would be playing in the Olympics, 24 through 28, how many of them are in this roster? The players got to be good enough too. So a lot of people on social media right now want to say it's Jurgen Klinsmann's fault, it's Bruce Arena's fault, it's Daniil Galati's fault. By the way, as an ex-player, 
Every single one of those players they can take some nightmares yep. for the rest of their lives because this is an utter embarrassment with the amount of money that is in Major League Soccer and in this sport. You can't get a draw, a tie against Trinidad? What are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> It's so entertaining. It, it was entertaining. It was good stuff. He he went on to make another point, which I thought was a good one, and he talked about the fact that the U.S. didn't really play with a sense of urgency last night. They fell behind 2 nothing. They finally got their act together early in the second half and got a goal back and applied a lot of pressure in that second half, but it took them a half to wake up in a game that, again, they needed a tie or a win. There had to be a sense of urgency. I mean, it was... Obviously, there was a you know 3 to 7% chance that they don't make it to the World Cup, but... There has to they be urgency to right to to make sure that that three to seven percent doesn't doesn't come true, uh, and they didn't play with a sense of urgency. And his point was they don't play with pressure. That yeah, we're going to be talking about this for a couple of days in this country, but then it it goes away um, because in again in his opinion. And obviously, soccer is important to him. But by and large, his point was, as a country, soccer isn't that important. It's not like USA basketball losing the Olympic game because people don't care as much. I'm curious to hear what people think. And again, 315-437-7644, if you'd like to chime in. How much do you really care about this? And and I don't I don't know how I feel about this either. Again, I'm not a soccer guy. Both my kids play soccer. I I watch a lot of soccer as a result of that. I went to my first professional soccer match over the summer. Uh, Seth, you know that we we talked about that down to DC and we we watched an exhibition and it was awesome. It was fun. Um, I've but, been to one soccer game in my life. And like, what'd you or, think? Or two, I should say. What'd you think? Pretty cool. It was it was I very cool. It, it was cool yeah. to watch it in person. It was fun. Again, when my kids are playing, I'm invested. I'm not that true soccer fan. But again, to liken it back to SU football, I'm afraid that we, we have a lot of quote-unquote fans in this country of soccer that when the World Cup comes on and the USA is you know advancing to the you know the the knockout stage then all of a sudden everybody's excited it to me it's kind of like SU football fans and it's oh you're playing Central Connecticut State I've got to go apple picking but Clemson's coming to town and it's going to be a cool event so I'm going to go you know, Steve, I'm worried I, that now because we don't have that next year a lot of people are going to be apple picking next year and, and not caring about soccer you know I think even even more so like yeah sure people show up because they they like you know to uh National pride, right? Team USA, go USA, whatever. You know what? What else people really like? Getting out of work and day drinking, and that's what the World Cup does, doesn't it? Like, when are these games? They're in the middle of the afternoon. Like, I, I remember I, I was working at a radio station in New York during the last World Cup, and we just like went and hung out in Bryant Park and covered watch parties. Like, there were you know a couple hundred people just hanging out watching the games. Four o'clock in the afternoon, three o'clock in the afternoon, because they could, right? Like it was, it was like, oh, the U.S. is playing. Let's get half day at work. Like let's go watch. Let's go to the bars. Like that's why people, like that's why like the casual fan loves it, right? Like because they can get out of work, they can get an afternoon at a bar, and they can, you know, go USA. Well, it's an event, and and you know when we talk about Syracuse football going down south to playing Clemson or to go down to Tallahassee or to go down to Baton Rouge, part of it is right the atmosphere and the tailgating, and you know we heard that for that game at LSU that for every one person that's in the stadium, two people are still outside, you know, tailgating, and they don't even have a ticket to a game. It's just, it's it's an event. And that's why people like it in part. And and I think that's a good point that, that you raised, Seth. 315-437-7644. Do we care about USA soccer being knocked out? 
uh, last night of the World Cup. Not going to be in Russia next year. Let's go to the phone lines. We've got Rob the goalie up first today. Uh, Rob from Liverpool. Rob, how are you today? I'm good. I'm great, thanks. So what do you got? Well, I, you know, the first off, the cool thing about like watching Bundesliga and European soccer, they're so into it. They got those cool little chants that you know, you never see at an American football game or at a baseball stadium, and that's kind of a bummer because it kind of brings everyone together. Um, and it's fun to watch, but in America, the football, the soccer, we have so many other high-ticket sporting events that draw our attention. I just feel like there's no room for it. We have the NFL, which they don't have in Europe. They don't have in South America. Um we have Major League Baseball, we have MLB, I'm sorry, we have uh, NBA, we have all these real big ticket sport act events that they don't have over there, so soccer is what everyone gravitates towards. I feel like there's just no room for it, and the casual fan, you know what, I love on 4th of July wearing the cool U.S. soccer shirt, and maybe I'll wear it if we make the World Cup. It's a good reason to buy something that says USA, but that's about it. I'm with you. I agree. I mean, the the place that soccer has in American sports is at a very, very, very low rung, right? And I think ultimately that's what it comes down to. Uh, baseball, football, basketball, college football, college basketball. You know, there there are at least five sports, if not more. NASCAR might be ahead of it. Like, you know, there there. Uh, you know, in, in places, I'm sure hockey is ahead of it. Like. It's it just doesn't have an importance here. I guarantee you, though, Seth. I guarantee you that if USA Soccer was among the best in the world and if they were competitive in terms of competing for World Cups, I I guarantee you it would be important in this country. I I guarantee you it would be. Everybody likes a winner, right? Or would it only be important around the World Cup? It would be important as long as things were going well, and that's why I related it to SU football, right? Because when they're losing and they're two and ten, nobody goes, nobody cares. But if if somehow again this program gets back to you know winning eight, nine, ten games and competing for division titles in the ACC or whatever it may be, people are going to go. You are going to see the Carrier Dome filled again. How do you get to that point? I don't know. Um, I think SU football is moving in the right direction. I thought USA soccer was moving in the right direction, but this is a this is a huge step back. And and you just lost those those fair weather fans for the next five years, at least yeah. the next four no, years until did. qualifying Absolutely. rolls around. And and that's again something that at this point USA soccer can't afford. We do need to take our first time out. Phone lines remain open three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. Carl Ravage from ESPN's Baseball Tonight set to join us in about a half hour. Back after this on ESPN Radio. Steve Infante and Seth Goldberg. 
Hour number two of Orange Station underway on ESPN Radio. We're brought to you in part by Charles Heating and Air. 315-437-7644 is the number. If you'd like to get involved, one guest lined up here in hour number two, Joe Gorcho from WIS in Columbia, South Carolina. He is a Cuse guy. We had Carl Ravitch from uh, Ithaca College play, on in the last play segment. got equal here. That's right. And we'll have a, a Syracuse grad on uh, at 120. Uh, Joe Gorcho has been covering uh, Clemson football for the last six years down in South Carolina. He'll join us uh, in the next segment. And, and so that's where we open our number two, Seth, with Syracuse football. Uh, we're now a little more than 48 hours away from uh, certainly the biggest home game on the schedule. Um, again, I, I'm hesitant to call it the biggest game on the schedule because of the expectations going into this game. You don't no, expect Syracuse is. to win, but in terms of the opponent and the, the excitement and all that, uh, it is the biggest game of the year uh, with the defending national champs it coming a- to town. It absolutely is. It's a Friday night game. It's you know the the you're 500. This team is the best team in the country in my mind. Let's put it uh, this way: it's not necessarily the most important. No, but it is the biggest no, game of the it's year. It's not the most important. And most important was probably last week. Uh, but it is the biggest, right? It, it is far and away the biggest game. You know this this Clemson team is going to finish with 13 wins, 14 wins, maybe even 15 wins, right? Like they just are, and. If you look at the rest of the home slate, you know, Middle Tennessee State, okay, maybe they win eight games, you know, Central Connecticut, maybe they win six, seven, you know, Pitt, maybe they win four, five, four, five, right? Like, they're they're in the same boat you are. Wake Forest, Boston College, are they going to finish at six or seven? You know, like, there's a very good possibility that Clemson wins twice as many games as any other team that you've played in the Dome this year. And when you take a step back and think about that, yes, this is the biggest home game on the schedule. This is the most exciting home game on the schedule for the Orange. And so the biggest topic of discussion going into this week was the health and the status of quarterback Kelly Bryant, who left the game early against Wake Forest on Saturday. Uh, Dabo Sweeney saying on Sunday that he expected Bryant to be limited early in the week in practice. He thought he would be okay and ready to go in time for Friday. Uh, we can update you with that. Dabo saying now that... Kelly Bryant hasn't missed a single rep at practice this week. He practiced now, in full on Monday, has practiced in full to this point, and is is certainly expected to start now against SU. Is that different than Antoine Cordy being at practice? Uh, it is, yes. Um, <laughs> and you know, <laughs> I Dino Babers. To, I just had to ask Dino Babers. Uh, you know, just eliminating all guesswork on that uh, a couple days ago, saying he definitely will not play, and and that uh, I don't think surprises anyone. Zero. <laughs> Zero chance that he's out there. Is there a targeted return for him at all? No, we're just going to wait and see. Okay. There, There's your thoughts on Cordy playing this week. And, and that's unfortunate because, uh, you know, you would – you want him back as soon as possible, of but course. at the same time, I don't think any of us expected that he would be healthy enough to play uh, in time for this game. And, and sure enough, he's he's still out. And you need you know all hands on deck. We'll wait to see what the status is of Kendall Coleman and Josh Black. And again, you hope that they can go. You hope that you have all of your starters out there as many as possible because you're going to need them against again, arguably the best team in the country. But it does sound like Kelly Bryant's going to play. Uh, Dino was asked about that a couple days ago for his thoughts on you know, well, if Kelly Bryant can't go, how does that change things? In his mind, it doesn't really change anything at all. It does. You know, obviously when he has legs, uh, you have to play different styles of defenses, spies and stuff like that. The thing about their quarterbacks, they had their backup quarterback came into the game last year against us. I don't know. I think he had 21 or 28 points against us, and he still 
He made an NFL team, and he wasn't even the starter at Clemson. So they have really, really good players. Whether he plays or someone else plays, there'll be another five-star back there that can uh, hand the ball off or throw the ball to those guys. And that's across the board, Seth. That isn't just the quarterback position. That's the, you know, the long snapper to the tight end, to the wide receivers, to the safeties, to certainly the defensive line and those linebackers. I mean, this team, especially on the defensive side of the ball, this defense is is downright nasty. And, you know, the point is 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 well taken that if the starter goes down on this Clemson team, and that's one of the biggest differences between Clemson and a Syracuse, that they've got four- and five-star guys as backups. We talked about this with LSU, but it, it certainly holds true with Clemson that if they have somebody go down, the next man up is, in a lot of cases, maybe he's a little bit younger, but he, he's he, probably just as talented. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, have, have, time after time we've seen that, and I know it's not Clemson, but the, the one that pops into my head is, remember that game at Florida State? couple years ago and you were like oh they they caught a break you know Dalvin Cook's not gonna play and in comes Jacquez Patrick who tears you up and their, their quarterback I want to say it was Everett Golson that season oh Everett Golson's not gonna play well Sean McGuire comes in and lights you up you know like it the the teams that are that good like they're that good because they've got depth right and because when guy guy one goes down guy two comes in and does a good job still. So, yeah, Kelly Bryant's playing really well. He's, you know, I, I don't want to say filled the shoes of Deshaun Watson because that guy, you know, won you a national title and, you know, is probably the best quarterback in the history of your program. Um, but he's done a really good job in replacing him uh, so far. So, yeah, there's going to be some kind of drop-off, but I think that drop-off is less than Dungy to number two. Oh, absolutely. You know, like so like that that's where the difference is between a Clemson and a Syracuse. The drop off between line one and line two. No doubt. No doubt about it. 315-437-7644 to the full lines we go. John and Syracuse next up on Orange Nation. Hey John. How's it going, guys? Good. How are you? Good, good, good. Question. Um the attendance will be thirty thousand just because. How many do you think are actually gonna go? Are we gonna get a crowd of 40,000 with 10,000 Clemson fans, or are we going to get 45,000 with 10,000 extra SU fans? That is a great question. That remains to be seen. My guess is we're going to see quite a few Clemson fans in the house. They travel. They travel really well. They travel very well. Uh, I think we're going to see a good crowd Friday. And, and yes, you're, you're going to see your, your fair share of, of Clemson. Now, they happen, I am they happen willing, to be orange, so yeah. you know, you're know you going to see a lot of orange in the building, hopefully. I'm more willing to believe the number they put out this week. Okay, because I think that there might act, there there will actually be forty thousand or thirty five thousand or whatever it is. You know, like when they're saying there were thirty thousand at the Central Michigan game. Like, no, I don't, I don't think so. You know, I'm willing to believe that number. If you can this get week, forty plus thousand for this game for the defending yeah. national champs and arguably the best team in the country, or you know, again, if Alabama's one, then Clemson is one A. If you can't get forty thousand for this game, um. It's a conversation for another day. Maybe it's a conversation we're having on Monday. I don't think so. I think you're going to see a really good crowd and the Clemson faithful. They're going to help. I hope the, it's not a discussion that. we're having on Monday. I it's not a discussion not. I want to have at any point. But again, to relate it back to what we talked about at the top of the show, if you can't get forty thousand for this game, then you don't if care. You can't beat Trinidad. Doesn't matter. Right. Right. You do, then again. You you don't care. Like if if you don't want to go to this game, then you just you don't care. And and we're not here to to tell people to go or not to go. But if they if they don't draw well for this game and and by well again forty plus. I mean 
the place should be full. When Clemson comes to town, and I get that maybe the place shouldn't be full for Central Michigan or Central Connecticut State, if Clemson comes to town, the place should be full. Yes, it should. So let's it just, sh- I don't even again, want to discuss it. Again, it should. Yeah, I don't, I don't even want to discuss it. I and, don't either. And apple picking is not an option Friday night because it's dark out. I'm going apple picking on Sunday. There you go. There, you're gonna miss. You're gonna I miss would, your Jets. No, I'm not. Or your Giants. I'm I mean. not. They play on Sunday night. They play uh, at night. Unfortunately, okay. I won't miss them. I wish I was. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> that would have been a nice excuse to have. So yeah, let's not even talk about the attendance. Uh, let's just assume that there's going to be a big crowd on hand Friday, and if if there isn't, then something we can get into. But if 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 the place isn't full or close to full on Friday, then. I don't know what, you know, just beat Trinidad and Tobago. I don't know what else to say. Just, you don't care. Just do it, yeah. Okay. All right, let's take a timeout. Let's continue the uh, Syracuse-Clemson talk on the other side with Joe Gorcho from WIS in Columbia, South Carolina. Keep it here. Orange Nation rolls out right after this on ESPN Radio.